Hey guys, it's Sim, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Friday, and this is a late edition of the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news, maybe this time two handfuls of news, we got a lot to talk about, in one easy-to-watch video. As far as today's show does go, we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten stories to talk about. So yeah, that's two handfuls, ten stories. To talk about, we're going to talk about Triple H telling people, I'm back. We're going to talk about Stephanie McMahon being appointed CEO and who actually did. Kenny Omega says that his rehab may have been pushed back a little bit. Giselle Shaw's big news and so much more because with that, again, this is the wrestling wrap up every Monday and Friday right here live on the Pro Wrestling Unlimited Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited or you can watch it and listen later on youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, and so much more. This morning, we did uh, have the Tony Khan, uh, what is it called? Media call. And that kind of threw me off a little bit. I forgot about it. Then I got the email saying Tony Khan media call in an hour. And I go, oh, okay. Well, it got to be for that. We do have that up right now here on the YouTube channel, PW on PW Unlimited YouTube channel. That is live for anybody to watch. We put that up, I want to say an hour after it ended. So that is there for you guys to watch. If you want to go back and listen to everything Tony Khan talked about in that press conference, I'm going to hit on one or two things from the press conference here in this podcast. So we'll do some of it, but there's way more that he talked about on the podcast. And he got a little offensive. At one point, too, when someone tried to compare John Moxley going to rehab to Jeff Hardy getting, I guess you could say, arrested for the DUI. But go over there, listen to that. It is up on the channel, the Tony Khan Forbidden Door Media Call. That was this morning, Friday, June 24th. But with that, I want to say thank you if you're watching live. If you're watching live on twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, just like Cold Cuts KC recently did for 17 months, or you could subscribe with Amazon Prime. You take that Amazon Prime account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of perks like free games. Gives you free stuff of four games, but it always, and this never changes, one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited, right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And also remember, it doesn't have to be just your Amazon Prime account. It could be anybody's Amazon Prime account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody. Whether it is the girl at the grocery store that helped you find the almond milk yesterday. You go, hey, I can't find... Regular almond milk. All I see here is unsweetened. Well, it helps you find it. And then you go, hey, oh, by the way, do you have Amazon Prime? Oh, you do? Can I use it? And then you spark up a conversation. Maybe that can become even more than just, can I use your Amazon? Maybe it's kind of take you on a date. Maybe you go on that date. It goes well. You go on multiple dates. You say, I want to marry you. She says, yes, you got babies. It's all good in the hood. So just know that asking someone for their Amazon Prime could lead to a lot more in your life. And you could also use it to support us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But with that, if you are watching on YouTube or you just follow us on YouTube, 
You can help us out over there by hitting that join button down below to become, well, become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Today, after this podcast, I will be putting out our Forbidden Door graphics. You'll get all the files for Photoshop and After Effects for you guys to use. So that will be cool as well. But also remember, you can get all of that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Head over there and get everything but more directly support us and have it in one concise area for you to find with just that content. You don't have to weed through anything like you do on YouTube. Also, since Saturday says, wait, they make sweet milks? Well, I mean, they make all kinds of milks. You can get banana milk. You can get strawberry milk. But if you get almond milk, like my daughter, my daughter is slightly lactose to where it causes her eczema to flare up. So she has to drink almond milk. You can get regular almond milk or you can get unsweetened almond milk. She don't like the unsweetened one. And when we went to the store yesterday, for some reason, none of the regular were on the shelf. All they had in the case was the unsweetened. So we had to ask and they go, oh, well, let me look in the back for you. So, yeah. <clears throat> when you're getting the almond milk because you can't drink the regular milks, they got unsweetened. They got regular. They even got chocolate almond milk. But with that, we got a lot to talk about. So let's jump in to our first story here pertaining to Triple H. Or as Will and Riggle would call him, Triple H. Triple H says he's back. Triple H says, I'm back. And I'll tell you what that means later. Earlier this week, on June 22nd, which was Wednesday, John Pollock of Post Wrestling sent out a tweet basically saying that Triple H was at the Performance Center today, met with people and told them, I'm back. But then we got really nothing on that. Then that same night on Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer talked about this saying, well, yeah, he may have more power than we think again in WWE. And today in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Meltzer kind of just reiterated all of that. He said Triple H on the 22nd did go to the PC for the first time since before his Heart attack. Well, heart issues. Told them I'm back after having a meeting with staff and talent, but didn't elaborate on that. He did note that Triple H was telling people, you know, there's more to this, but I can't say right now. Things are in play, I think is what it was. And we'll know here in the future, shortly, possibly. So Triple H was at the PC, but we don't know what this means. Does this mean that Triple H, because Triple H has been back in Stamford working, you know, his headquarters job for a little while now. He's been back there for a, at least a month or two. But as far as NXT does go, Sean's been running that, Sean Michaels. Shawn Michaels has been head of creative on, on that front. But now the big question is, A, is Triple H back running NXT? If he is, and if he has all more power than we may assume... Does that mean he's got power to make changes? Do we go back to the old NXT? Do we get a, a hybrid of the old NXT and NXT UK? Do we get, you know, there, there's a lot of questions here unanswered. And I've had a lot of people message me and ask me, what does this mean? What does this mean? I'm like, I can't answer that because nobody knows. And he's not saying anything. So I just wanted to quickly hit on this topic because, well, it's an interesting one that we've been waiting for and we get it but we get it with no context because, well, he ain't saying nothing. Even Grayson Waller tweeted out, Triple H was here today and told us he's back. So as far as what I'm back means, we don't 
even know. Which is unfortunate, because I would love to know what I'm back means. But someone that Triple H has faced multiple times in the past, that has said a lot of times, I'm back, like, well, we never know, could be back one day, if Vince just says, I need you again, is The Undertaker. The Undertaker is kind of coming back, but not really. Today, WWE did announce The Undertaker will be doing a one-man show on July 29th in Nashville entitled Undertaker, One Dead Man Show. WWE sent out the following press release stating, WWE Today announced that Undertaker, One Man, One Dead Man Show, will make its debut on Friday night, July 24th, at a Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville, Tennessee, as part of SummerSlam Week. Undertaker, One Dead Man Show, will feature the Phenom in an intimate setting, sharing never-before-heard stories from his Hall of Fame career and taking questions from the WWE Universe in attendance. Tickets for, one, tickets for Undertaker, One Dead Man Show, Go on sale this Tuesday, June 28th at 10 a.m. Central via Ticketmaster. A limited number of VIP tickets, which include premier seating and a meet and greet with The Undertaker, will also be available. Now, remember, this is the day before SummerSlam. I didn't see a time for this. You would think it's like a, an evenings kind of thing, so hopefully it's not going head-to-head -head with SmackDown. But, I mean, Wild Horse Saloon, not a big venue from what I've heard throughout the day and I've asked around people that I know in Nashville not a big big venue so it's not like a lot of people are going to be there but the big question is are they going to film this and put it up on the WWE Network Peacock is this going to be filmed for release later on because that would be a good idea they did one with the with Mick Foley like that where Mick Foley went in at full sale I think it was and they filmed his act his little one-man stage show and then put it up, which was very great. It was awesome. So I hope they filmed this one with The Undertaker. I really, really think it would be cool if they filmed it and then put it up on Peacock. I think we'll wait. Okay, I'm reading more. I'm dumb. I should have just kept reading the press release. Because I thought that was the end of the press release, but it's not. It actually says right here, uh, the premium live event will stream exclusively on Peacock in the United States and at WWE Network everywhere else. So, okay, I'm dumb. I should have just kept reading. It will be on Peacock. But they say extreme live. So that means live as it's going on. That Friday, July 29th. Again, that's the big question of if they're streaming it on Peacock and the WWE Network, is it going to go head-to-head -head with SmackDown? Is it going to air right after SmackDown? Again, I didn't get a time or I didn't see a time. Not one was listed in the press release. It just says uh, July 29th at the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville, which is Friday. They don't say when. Also, they say Undertaker One Dead Man Show will make its debut. Is this something they may take on the road? Also, remember, WWE has an Undertaker podcast in the works as well. With that, this should be really cool. I wonder who's going to be the moderator. I doubt it's, well, they say One Dead Man Show. So it'll be interesting if it's just Undertaker up there by himself. That's how the McFoley one was. Just McFoley up there by himself. So... I'm I'm very interested in this, and I will watch this. If it's not going head-to-head -head with SmackDown, I'm going to watch it as soon as it's on the network, as soon as it's up there. I love The Undertaker, been a big fan forever, and so forth. But as we move forward to our next story here, talk a little bit about Sasha Banks. There's a lot of misconception going on with Sasha Banks. 
A lot of people asking, hey, what's going on with Sasha? Is Sasha released? Has Sasha been given that release? What's going on? Some are reporting she is. Some are reporting she's not. Some are saying, oh, this, oh, that. So what we know right now is that Sasha Banks has, from what everyone, now we don't know this 100%, but the belief backstage is that Sasha Banks has been told she will get the, the release. But they have to come to terms on that release, what that release means, what she is and isn't allowed to do outside of WWE for X amount of time. You can look back on two different instances here. Brock Lesnar in 2004 said, WrestleMania 20, I'm done. I want out. WWE said, okay, but we're going to put some contingencies or the, whatever the word, contingencies on your, on your release. You're not allowed to do anything combat sports for the next seven years because there are seven years left on your deal. Remember, Brock signed like a 10-year deal. So, Brock went and tried football. It failed. He tried to go work for New Japan. WWE tried to block it, but realized, oh, wait, we can't because it was just, he's blocked from doing combat stuff, combat sports stuff, whether that's wrestling, MMA, or whatever in the United States. So, he did the New Japan stuff. Then he wanted to do UFC. They tried to block him from that. Brock took him to court, and the judge basically said, oh, no, I'm throwing this out. You think you're going to make this guy not, not earn a living for his family in something that is his primary, you know, type of work? No. So it got thrown out. So now with Sasha, the big thing is, what kind of contingencies, what kind of rules are they going to put on her as far as her release does go? What are they going to say you can and can't do, and for how long? Is it, can't go to w or AEW, you can't go to Impact, but you can do this, this, this. Is it, okay, you can go to Impact, but you can't go to AEW. Is it no wrestling at all for however many years? Or is it, okay, we don't want you to do this. We don't know. We just don't know how long as well. So that's the big question with Sasha Banks. And that's the thing right now. And that's why WWE nor Sasha has said anything. Because they can't. Until the terms are set, no one can speak. Because, well, saying something or something leaking out can hinder these negotiations of the terms. Also, these photos did arise yesterday on social media of Sasha Banks up here on the screen. And it looks like she's having some fun with Kalisto or the former Kalisto, Samurai Del Sol. I think the two have a CBD pro, um, business going on. Like they're promoting a, a CBD product together called Candela. And so this was a photo shoot for that. Really cool to see that she's getting out there and still working, whether that is, you know, not in wrestling, but still making a living, going out there and starting businesses and doing business things. Really cool to see Sasha out there still hustling, even if it's not in wrestling. But the one thing that people keep asking is, will Sasha Banks go to AEW? And we don't know. When it comes to AEW, we do know there's a lot of injuries in AEW right now. And one of the most notable ones, CM Punk. But the other one, Brian Danielson, which is a lot of questions on. As far as Brian Danielson being out of action, that means he cannot work the Forbidden Door pay-per-view this weekend, nor Blood and Guts next weekend. If you saw Dynamite this week, Brian did announce that he's got a suitable replacement for both of those matches. Didn't say who. He actually did the, 
I'm a bad guy. I ain't going to tell you who right now. But as far as his injury does go, according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Meltzer stated that there is still no confirmation on the injury to Brian Danielson, but it is believed that he suffered a concussion during the Anarchy in the Arena match at Double or Nothing. Meltzer stated that AEW followed the example of WWE when basically they say, someone's got COVID or a concussion, we usually don't mention it. And they haven't mentioned the actual injury, just like WWE. Yet, the the Observer states that a concussion could be troubling news as Danielson has a history of head injuries. And if he's still not passing concussion protocol a month out from the injury, could be bad. Now, he said that he will be back and back better than ever. And Tony Khan actually said on the media call this morning, Brian wanted to work, but because he's not listed at 100%, he's not 100% right now, I had to stop him. I had to, Tony basically said, I had to shut him down and tell him, no, you are not allowed to work. So kudos on Tony Khan for going, hey, you may think you're okay and want to go out and do these matches. And this has been a dream match for Brian Danielson for a long time. The Zack Sabre match. But Tony Khan basically said, you may want to go out there and do it no matter what, but I'm not going to let you. Which is great on Tony Khan being the leader there at AEW saying, hey, I, yeah, I could just say, screw it, whatever, go do the match. But he doesn't want Brian to get more hurt. He doesn't want us to possibly have more or a more serious uh, where am I getting at here? He doesn't want the injury to become more serious than it actually is. As of right now, Brian's out for this weekend. He's out for next week, and we'll see how much longer he is out. But as of right now, there's no timetable on his return. But it is believed to be a concussion. That's probably why they're not saying it, because of all the concussion issues Brian's had in the past. And they don't want to worry anybody, even though we all basically know concussion. But speaking of that Zack Sabre Jr. match coming up this weekend at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, Tony Khan talked a little about that today. Uh, Tony Khan was asked about all the different injuries in AEW and having to find a replacement for Brian Danielson, where Khan said, quote, talk about the one-two punch of injuries, losing CM Punk and Brian Danielson, two of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Brian Danielson is so valuable to the company because, of course, on screen. Because, of course, oh, no. Uh, He is so valuable to the company backstage and, of course, on screen. And most importantly, on screen, fans were excited for Forbidden Door, him wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. I think the anticipation was there. We had been hoping that we could really start building it up, and Brian was really starting to feel well well after anarchy in the arena. He didn't have doubts whatsoever. I just didn't want to take a chance, so I shut him down, and I think it was the right thing to do. When speaking about the opponent, he called the opponent a dream opponent, saying, quote, It was one of those also perfect situations, because rarely do the stars align where you have a mystery opponent and a chance to build up a moment like this. It's very fitting to go back to the United Center, where we've only had one show, and it was a great moment, and I know for sure we're going to have a great moment. I think there's going to be a lot of great moments to expect on the show, but one thing I know is this great moment. When we introduce Zack Sabre Jr.'s mystery opponent, I'm really excited about it, and I wish I, it had happened under, cert, under different circumstances. 
Now, the big name that a lot of people are talking about is either Cesaro, or big names, Cesaro or Johnny Gargano. Now, Johnny Gargano, who is going to be in town this weekend, said, hey, I'm making an appearance in Chicago, but I'm only going to be in town for about eight hours. Flying in, doing the appearance, and flying right out. So I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. So whether he's it or not, he's trying to make it seem like he's not. Now, the other name could be Cesaro. We know that Brian stated that he hand-picked this opponent. And when you say hand-picked, a lot of times you got to think of, well, who are you close with in real life? And he's close with Cesaro. Going all the way back to their ROH days when he was Brian Danielson there and Cesaro was Claudio Castronulli. Those are the big names the fans are hoping it could be. And when you think, when Brian said this is going to go down, it's probably one of the best technical matches you ever see. I mean, Cesaro and Johnny Gargano against Zack Sabre. When I think technical matches, I think those two guys. I think those two guys against Zack Sabre in a just tremendous technical match. And those are probably two of the better technical wrestlers out there. I mean, yeah, they're not specifically known for their grappling and submissions, even though Danielson does the, the what's Gargano escape as his finisher and Cesaro adopted the sharpshooter. But still, both of those guys, I feel like can go out there and have a great technical match with Sabre. And we'll have to wait till Sunday because they ain't going to tell us who it actually is. Also, I do need to look in something. Someone just sent me a link pertaining to tonight's SmackDown from Fightful. Um, all right, we'll talk about this at the end of the podcast because we always do the SmackDown uh, preview anyways. I'm speaking to Jeff Hardy. We're, we're keeping on our AEW train. Speaking of Jeff Hardy. Now, Jeff Hardy has been out since, well, he got arrested. Jeff Hardy was arrested for a DUI in Florida. And Tony Khan said, you've been suspended with no pay and must undergo treatment before you can return. Tony Khan talked about this today and got a little heated when asked about this. So, someone's, someone asked about John Moxley talking about his time going to rehab to ESPN. Then brought up right after that, Jeff Hardy getting arrested and said, you know, with all this stuff, should we get a, a wellness policy in All Elite Wrestling? And Tony Khan goes, well, we do have a wellness policy. We do. But these are two different situations. And then he went on to talk and say, you know, I spoke with Jeff. I spoke with Matt about Jeff, and Jeff is doing better. Jeff is actually getting treatment. And then he kind of finished it up with saying, you know, we got a wellness policy but it's not like I can go out there and test everyone for alcohol every week. I bet you a lot of people on our roster are going to finish the show and then go out and drink and have alcohol in their system. It's not like I could test for alcohol every week and then suspend them for it. That's something you got to police on your own. And they're like, all right, we're going to go to so-and-so for the next question. And Tony goes, hold on. Well, I need to go back to that. And Tony got a little upset here when he goes, I, I just, I don't want people to think that the, the John Moxley situation and the Jeff Hardy situation are even comparable. There are completely different things. And I agree. John Moxley knew he had a problem with, from what, you know, everyone has said, prescription pain meds and stuff and drinking. And so he checked himself into rehab and got himself help. The Jeff Hardy thing, he said the Jeff Hardy thing is completely different. John didn't go out there and possibly endanger many lives. He knew he had a problem, and he went and got himself help. With Jeff, he did go out there and make a mistake. 
he went out there and endangered people's lives. He drank, he drank, then he drove. But he is getting treatment, and he is getting himself help. So, I mean, Tony got a little heated, some may say. When, when one person, I don't remember who it was that asked the question, but one person did bring up, you know, John Moxley going to rehab, Jeff Hardy's DUI, should we have a wellness policy in AEW? He said, we do, but these are two uncomparable things. And I agree. Yes, Moxley needed help with his drinking and, and pills and stuff, his per, you know, prescription pills and whatnot. And he got that help. But Jeff just doing what he did. Moxley didn't go out there and drive drunk. No. For, well, as far as we know. So, I, I mean, I agree as well. You cannot go out and compare the two. Because, yes, in theory, both guys needed help for drinking. But in actuality, they're not the same thing. So, Jeff Hardy, he's gone. He's getting the help. But we don't know how long he's going to be out of action. Someone else that we don't know how, how long they're going to be out of action is Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega recently spoke to Fightful Sean Ross Sapp and talked about how when he returned recently backstage to help out with a couple of shows, it actually hindered his rehab process. Maybe have pushed it back as Omega stated the following in the interview. I'm going to be honest. My timetable before all this started, I wanted to be back for this show, Forbidden Door. Being back for the show is incredibly important to me and I really really wanted to mix it up with somebody from New Japan, and it sucks that I couldn't do it. And it's to the point where I want to be on the show, even if it's just to, comment, to do commentary, or I just want involvement, but I'm not there yet. So I don't want to give, I don't want to take a spot from anybody. I don't want to put a spotlight on myself, but it's not going to lead to anything. So I'm definitely very cool to sit in a chair on the sideline for everyone to go out there and kill it and have a great show. In terms of timeline, I put myself back on the road to help out with some of the Owen Hart Cup matches, and I felt that it was too soon. It was too difficult for me to miss three or four days of rehab, and I had to put myself into a position where I was flying again and being very hands-on with talent. And when I'm trying to agent something or trying to show something or moving around from point A to point B backstage, I'm moving quicker than I thought that I would, and I'm doing more than I thought that I would, and I'm not eating properly, and I'm not resting properly, and I felt that it really started to set me back. I'm not saying that I would have been ready for Forbidden Door had I not done it, but when I started to recognize that it was a detriment to my recovery, I kept myself home, and I'm focusing more on what I can do remotely, and I'm kind of doing everything that I can from the video, for the video game now to make sure that we can make it release, to make that release. So good on Kenny for saying, hey, I want to be there to help out in person. I know I can't wrestle, but I can help out in other ways. But then realizing, oh, no, no, this is not good for me. Now he's missing, like he said, three to four days a week of rehab. We don't know exactly how many days of rehab he's doing, but if he's missing three or four days of rehab and maybe only doing three or four days, so then those other days where he should be resting, he's not resting because you know, he's doing three or four days of rehab or however many days of rehab. Then he's on the road. Boom, 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 move, move, move. No time for him to rest. Because as someone that, when I was growing up, had a pretty bad knee injury. I was like borderline, almost needed surgery, but didn't. They casted me for six weeks and then had me in, in rehab for a couple more weeks after that. 
And they told me that, yes, rehab is important, but also resting is important. You can't go out there and rehab seven days a week without any rest. So if he's going to be out there rehabbing, plus on the road, not resting, that's not good for him at all. That is not good for him any, any, any bit. So good for Kenny on realizing, hey, I want to help, but I can't. I need to help myself before I can get back to helping the company. So kudos on him. And that takes, you know, a lot to be able to, to realize that and put that on yourself of, nope, I'm going to step back. I'm going to watch and hope that everyone does well. Now, I do know that Mikey Ruckus tweeted this week that Kenny Omega did help him with the theme song for Forbidden Door as far as, I guess, lending an ear for the theme song. Mikey Ruckus, you know, created the theme song, sent it over to Kenny Omega. Kenny told him that what he did and didn't like, and they reworked some stuff, and boom, there you go. So really cool there that Kenny was able to help with some stuff pertaining to Forbidden Door. And while he's home, he's still helping out the company. He said right now, he's working on video game stuff. But with that, before we move forward, we got to talk about the sponsor of today's video, and that Manscaped. Support for Pro Wrestling Unlimited is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineered team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and has just released the new and improved lawnmower. 3.0 or, or 4.0. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Many of balls are about to be nick free thanks to manscapes and advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Also, we can't forget to talk about the battery. The battery lasts at least 90 minutes. It gives you 90 minutes so you don't have to rush. Whether you're doing it yourself or your partner's helping you out, trimming up down there, you don't have to rush it. Because even with the Manscaped, I'll tell you from personal experience, try to rush it, you can still nick yourself a little bit. Like the Manscaped is not, and the Manscaped is amazing. Not 100% fail safe, but it is amazing. But now that you don't have to rush because you don't go to be like, oh crap, my battery's dying. Oh, no, on a full charge? You just go out there and you take your time. Get it all nice, smooth, and trimmed up. You also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because of this intelligent design stand. It is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. Also, that's another thing. You get that 90 minute charge, but it takes minutes to charge up to 100%. I, I, I've been astounded how quick it charges. Like, I'll be like, oh crap, I need to use it, but it's dead. Put it on the thing, come back less than, less than 20 minutes later. And that's like giving it Ample time. Like, I've, I've had it in 10 minutes. Fully charged. With that, well, your junk will thank you when you use our code PWUnlimited at manscaped.com because you will be getting 20% off, free shipping, and a great new tool to trim your junk. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with code PWUnlimited at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code PWUnlimited. So as we move forward, well, Giselle Shaw, who wrestles for Impact Wrestling, actually, well, got some very great news for her. 
has come out as transgender. This is something that she said. There's, she said literally in an interview with the San Francisco Chronicle, quote, there's really no perfect timing to be coming out. It's my journey now just felt right for me. Today, I'm fully living my life to the fullest, truly, authentic, freely, and I am transgender, and I am very proud, she said on the breath television. She said, people are going to have opinions, but whatever they say, it doesn't define who I am. I know who I am, and I am true to myself. Coming from an Asian background, being the oldest, there was an unsaid rule. The expectation was that I would carry the family name, that I would set an example, that I would take care of my sisters. There was a lot of pressure from my parents to be great. My sisters were so important, asking, how can you feel like you have failed as a parent? Giselle gets to live her dream. If you want us to look up to someone, why not someone living their dream and being the best version of themselves? This was an eye-opener for my parents. We're going to say that Giselle Shaw is a woman and a valued member of our roster. Well, no, Scott Demore said this. Scott Demore said this. Sorry about that. Scott Demore actually sent in a quote as well. He said, uh, "This will not affect. Uh, this uh, she will not be affected in any way or change, or nothing will change by her disclosing she's transgender to the wild public." Demore went on to state, "I think our fans, I think our fans will surprise people." of a stereotypical image of what wrestling fans may be like. Transphobia is real. We can't pretend otherwise. We've taken steps to try and ensure Giselle, Giselle's social media timeline doesn't become a forum for hate, hatefulness. Uh, the Chronicle also spoke to current Knockouts Women's Champion Jordan Grace, who stated, I can have great matches with Giselle, and yes, we have the mutual trust and respect. As her friend, I'm excited for Giselle to be able to inspire people with her story. So this is awesome. It is great that she has finally come out and stated this. You know, it's her story. She's been wrestling for seven years. And it doesn't matter what her sexuality is. Whether that is straight, bi, gay, transgender, whatever. But it is awesome that she feels that she is now in a place where she can share this with the world. And I hope that others see this and go, you know what? You know, she's out there in the public eye and she's okay with putting this out there. Maybe one day I can be okay with putting that out there. So hopefully her telling her story here to the San Francisco Chronicle could also help others going through the same thing, maybe wanting to, you know, become transgender or that are but haven't told anybody and so forth. So awesome on her for finally coming out. And again, she didn't have to, but she felt like she was finally ready to. That's the other thing that she reiterated in here. There's never a perfect time, but when you know it's, it's the right time, then there you go. And everybody's different. So if you know, or you know someone else that's going through something like this, maybe send them this article through the San Francisco Chronicle. But Giselle Shaw, she works for Impact Wrestling. And Impact Wrestling is actually going to have a presence on Ric Flair's last match as three matches have so far been announced for this show and all of them basically have to do with impact so far. We already know that Ric Flair on July 31st will have his final match. They moved the show from the Nashville Fairgrounds to the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. The show, 
the, the building now will seat over 7,000 people because, well, so many people wanted to go, they had to get a bigger building. We know that Rick's going to have a match. We still don't know who Rick's opponent's going to be, but we do know of three matches taking place on the card, all co-promoted, well, these matches at least, by Impact Wrestling. First off, the Wolves are reuniting. Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards will be taking on the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. Also, we did learn today that the Impact Knockouts Women, the Impact Knockouts Championship will be on the line in a triple threat when Jordan Grace, the new champion, defends against a former champion in Deanna Perrazzo and her former tag team partner in Rachel Ellering. Also, we do know in a match, I guess you could say cross-promotion, cross-promoted by Impact and MLW, Josh Alexander will be defending the Impact World Championship against Jacob Fatu. So with that, these three matches, well, technically four matches, if you count Rick's match, have all been announced for Ric Flair's final match. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people going, oh, we're going to spend 35 bucks for one match. No, it's a full card. It's not just the Rick match and then see you later, bye-bye, go home. No, Rick match is the main event. But it's a full card. Also, Rick did note in the press conference yesterday that he doesn't care who his opponent is. He doesn't care if it's somebody new in wrestling or somebody that's got a big name. All Rick cares about is that it's somebody that can work. He just wants to face somebody that can work. Rick also noted that he may want to bleed in this match, so we may see it. Oh, I don't know if Rick should be bleeding in this match. But with that, as we hit our final story of the day, Someone that's been close to Ric Flair in the past. Well, that's Stephanie McMahon because of Triple H. You know, Stephanie's married to Triple H. Triple H and Rick have always had a great relationship for the most part. And well, we'll talk about Stephanie being that interim CEO of WWE. And we learned last Friday, a week now, that Vince McMahon was stepping aside and Stephanie will be jumping in as interim CEO. Now, according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, as far as Stephanie becoming the CEO, Vince stepping down was his decision, but her being placed as his successor or interim successor wasn't Vince or Nick Khan or Stephanie or even Triple H's call. No, it came from the board members. It came from eight board members, the ones actually conducting the investigation on Ric Flair. Stephen Coonan, the CEO of the Atlanta Hawks and State Farm Arena in Atlanta. Ignance Loud the CEO of Mahed Al-Futan, Eric Nardini, the CEO of Barstool Sports, Steve Palma, the president of Verzuzu, Connor Shell, the founder and CEO of Words Plus Pictures, Jeffrey Speed, the former executive vice president and CFO of Six Flags Incorporated, and Alex Welks Wexler, the senior vice president of innovations and growth for General Motors. But with that, Stephanie was appointed by the board of directors to be Vince's successor. It wasn't like Vince goes, all right, uh, I'll step down, but let's put Steph in place so she can uh, just do whatever I want. No, she was actually voted in by the eight board of directors that are conducting the, the what's the word, the investigation on Vince McMahon. So kudos on Stephanie for having their, their trust and for them trusting in her to run this company. Not more has really come out as far as her duties do go and what she can and can't do as interim CEO and chairwoman. But again, 
I think it's great that these people actually said, no, this is who we want. We're not going to let you pick. Yeah, you're going to step aside, but we're not going to let you pick. We're going to appoint somebody. We're going to appoint somebody. Meltzer also reported Friday that none of the eight board members who put Stephanie in power were involved in the process of burying her recently behind the scenes. As some, after Stephanie took her leave of absence, were actually telling others, oh, yeah, eh, Stephanie's probably gone just because she wasn't doing her job well. No, none of these people were the ones burying her. And, I mean, it shows with them actually voting her into the spot. But with that, that's all we really got to wrap up today. We're going to wrap up the wrap-up talking Friday night SmackDown, which as of right now, 4.26 p.m. Coming on in like less than, less than 45 minutes. We got some news pertaining to SmackDown. So first, let's talk about what we know for SmackDown. Drew McIntyre will have a segment where he's going to lay out his path to the Universal Undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Championship. There's a Money in the Bank qualifier with Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. And the IC title will be on the line when Gunther defends against Ricochet now. Fightful. Now here's a potential spoiler. So I'm going to say that right now. Potential spoiler. Fightful posted on Fightful Select. Quote, Tonight's SmackDown is pushing towards Money in the Bank. But the Natalia versus Ronda Rousey angle will feature dot 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 a segment. As of Thursday, plans called for a wrestler to appear on SmackDown dressed as Ronda Rousey in all of her gear. However, there was to be a baby stroller and a fake baby added. At least, uh, at least as the creative plans called for. Drew McIntyre, Seamus Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, Street Profits, Roman Reigns, and others are set for tonight's show. We'll have more plans for the show as we get closer. So it's interesting that Roman's going to be on the show. I thought... Yeah, probably not see Roman tonight since we're not building up till summer to SummerSlam yet. But plans did call for Roman to be on the show, which is very good to see. But as far as the show does go, we only know of three things. Drew, Money in the Bank qualifier, and the IC title match. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com. Nope, I'm back on my old garb. Thank you for watching live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. And thank you for watching and listening later, whether that is on youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, and so much more. Uh, D Price says Tamina has replaced Aaliyah in the Money in the Bank qualifying match. I forgot about that match because, well, that match was not listed today on WWE's website. So let's go. Check this really quick. We got some breaking news, possibly. Uh, D-Price, if you got a link to any of that, that would be appreciated. Let's go to WWE's Twitter. Yep, we got it right here. I found it. Never mind. Thank you, D-Price, though. Breaking. This was an hour ago. Uh, Shotzi will take on Tamina in the Money in the Bank qualifier tonight. So that means Aaliyah, for some reason, can't compete. Don't know why. Don't know. What's going on? But this match was announced this afternoon. So with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. We'll be back tonight for SmackDown. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.